Have you hugged a ripen? Wagered a podcast bet? Toasted to friends at Clover Pine? Prove it all to your friends with Crossword merch available now in the gift shop. T-shirts, hats, mugs, stickers, and a whole lot more. Your purchase supports the show and keeps us running. Go to GhostbustersHQ/shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey everybody, happy Ghostbusters Day. Did you miss it? It's okay. It was in the middle of the day, a lot of people were working. That's We got you covered, don't sweat it. Coming up next, we are rebroadcasting the Twitter Spaces conversation with a lot of people. Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman, Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, Carrie Coon, Logan Kim, Celeste O'Connor. Did I get them all in? I think I did. Enjoy it. Here you go. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad The biggest podcast since 1909 So News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart You know, it's just occurred to me We really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment Oh, we have fun Woo! Hello? Hi, guys that you, McKenna? McKenna. Yes, Hi, McKenna. <laughs> well, I know your voice. I've been around. <laughs> it's Ivan. Hi, it's folks. This is, uh, this is Jen Vavina. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Okay. Sorry about that. We had a, a bit of a tech issue on my end. This is like live stuff, so anything can happen. How is everyone today? Well, it's fun. It's Hello. Ghostbusters Day. It's Ghostbusters Day. Hi, happy guys. Ghostbusters Day. Hey. Oh, happy Ghostbusters Day. Um, all right. So I am Jim Vavita with IGN, and we are joined today by the wonderful cast and filmmakers behind Ghostbusters Afterlife. We have director Jason Reitman, producer Jason hey. Reitman, Hi. cast members Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, Celeste O'Connor and Logan Kim. Thank you all so much for joining us. And again, sorry about that little technical snafu on my end. But um, we're gonna I'm gonna just go over some of our uh, uh, ground rules, if you will, for this. We um, we're gonna uh, split this up into different sections where we're gonna talk about different parts of the movie. And then we're also gonna have uh, after that fun Q and A portion. We're gonna have. Uh, we're gonna have ourselves a little uh, trivia. It's gonna get. Uh, it's gonna be um, uh, a bloodbath. A little competitive. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah, it's gonna it, look. It's gonna get real. <laughs> yeah, get real. Get real. Um, so let me set up the film a little bit here. We, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, a continuation of the storyline set up by the first two films, and we obviously. Um, uh, you know, we need to uh, uh, set up who some of these characters are. We have uh, a family of characters that we are following in this one. And we have um, Mc uh, McKenna, you are, oh, I'm sorry, hold on one second here. Too many docs open. So let's start with you. Uh, Carrie Coon is playing. Um, Callie, who is the strong-willed mom, 
And then Phoebe is the young scientist of the group. She is played by McKenna Grace. We also have Trevor, who is played by Finn Wolfhard. We have um, Mr. Groberson, who is played by Paul Rudd, who is not with us today. But we do have uh, uh, Logan Kim, who plays podcast. And then we have Lucky, who's played by Celeste O'Connor. Now, our first topic that we want to go over today is really about um, family, because this is the uh, the first real Ghostbusters film that focuses on a family. Yes, I know we had Oscar and Dan, the second one, but we um, we do have uh, you know a, a different sort of plot around this one. This is the first one that focuses on family. So at what point, and this one's for Jason and Ivan to address, at what point in creating the story did this did that story focus on elements of family? So can you tell us a little bit about the challenges that the, the family will be facing in the film and sort of at what point in the development of that story did you realize this was going to be a family story? Jason, let's let's kick off with you. Hey, uh, uh, well, I, before I do, I think we're missing one of our most important family members. And I, I know Carrie Coon's still trying to get on. Uh, so if you can uh, upgrade her from listener to talker, that would be oh, awesome. Okay. I also think that Logan's having some technical difficulties. He's been messaging me. I think he's also a listener. <laughs> I just requested. This is the classic, a classic first, uh, first uh, technological blip. Uh... <laughs> well, I, I am. Uh, uh, we are actually having our people look into that right now, so I apologize about that. Um, Jason and Ivan, are you able to speak? Yeah, I can talk. Dad, I can talk. Hey, father and son. <laughs> I'm the oldest person on this line, and somehow I've managed to get on. That's good to know. Um, <laughs> So again, the, this is the first Ghostbusters movie to really um, address the, you know, be a family story, despite, you know, having Oscar and Dana in the first one. So can you talk a little bit about um, at what point in the development of this did you realize it was going to be a family story and sort of the challenges that you faced in crafting it that way? Well, before, you know, uh, a league of Ghostbusters fans come down on you hard for saying that Oscar was in the first one because he actually was only in the second one. No, I'm sorry, the second one. I think I said it the first time I hope. So uh, (laughs) you do not want their wrath. Uh, So, um, you know, uh, my father and dad, you know, uh, uh, if you don't mind me speaking for you for a second. uh, I love it. My father always described the first one as a movie about uh, going into business. It's about four guys who go into business together. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. I, I have to admit that I, I never imagined myself making a Ghostbusters film. It's a film that I grew up watching all the time. I was an enormous fan of it. Uh, but I, I just couldn't imagine personally picking up the proton pack. It was just too daunting and it was too scary. And one day the, the concept and idea for afterlife, um, came to me and it came to me in a few visual images and and the longer I thought about it uh, the story began to evolve and and it was really that way that it became a story about a family the you know it's just the first way that I imagined it you know I saw uh, I saw a young girl with a proton pack uh, in the middle of a, of a wheat field and I saw uh, a teenage boy 
discovering Ecto-1, uh, except it didn't run anymore and needed to be fixed. And, uh, and I imagined him, you know, basically, you know, uh, Tokyo drifting through uh, the same wheat field. And, and really, that was the that's where the idea came from. And I didn't, if I can add on, please. You know, it's, I, it's okay to talk about it as a family film because really the main characters are all in a family. And, but really, it's a Ghostbusters movie. And that's what I'm really so proud and excited about that uh, this movie, much like the first two, really captures the spirit, both the comedy, the scares, the emotionality of those movies and i'm so proud of it and i'm i'm so thrilled that it was jason that was really behind this and uh, and and the work and work this out now i've been what was it like for you to to basically pass the proton pack if you will to your son so keep keeping in that family vein there well it's the greatest honor and the greatest thrill that you can have as a parent uh to have uh, a, one of your children sort of do the things that you love and to carry on a story that you began, uh, had, or at least had a portion, uh, you know, had a part in beginning. And so it's nothing but a thrill. Well, I want to open this up now to the cast uh, for Finn, Carrie, McKenna, Celeste, Logan, um, I, I hope that we're all set up now. Everyone can uh, can hear and speak. <laughs> I think is, uh, is I, Logan I think, even here. I don't think Logan's here. <laughs> I don't think Carrie's here. Oh, um, no. okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I'll take this momentary pause to also say that uh, Paul Rudd's character is uh, Mr. Gruberson. Now, that's the correct pronunciation of his name. Ah, okay, thank you for that. Um, let's. Uh, Let's then Finn and uh, Celeste and McKenna. Um, where were you when you got the call, and what does it mean for you to become kind of part of the Ghostbusters universe? Finn, why don't we start with you? Um. Well, I, I don't. I. I. I it wasn't a call. It. It was like kind of a weird fever dream. Um, and. I I had to, I had auditioned for I, I had self taped in my room at home in Vancouver and uh knew, I didn't know it was Ghostbusters I knew it was Jason though um and then I I got a you know just a, a an email like a kind of a cryptic email saying you know come to Jason's house in Los Angeles and read the script and then I kind of got to Jason's house and we were just we I I realized then that it was a Ghostbusters movie um when I got to Los Angeles I kind of figured it out and then I read and, and we, Jason was still I think I mean the script was I would say basically there but I think think it's always important for um everyone to hear it out loud and this is before it went into production and I did that and um and then afterwards it was kind of it was almost like it, it was the easiest audition experience of my life because it didn't feel like an audition. It just felt like I showed up at this, at a person that I really respect's house and kind of at the end was like, so you want to do this? And it was like, I, I could not fathom. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, wow, that was easy. <laughs> and I, it was like, 
Um, and then, and then it was like just, just the joy of getting to be there when you know, like auditioning with Celeste and um, and getting to be there when when Jason cast Celeste, and it was just like an incredible experience. McKenna, how about you? Oh my gosh! Well, I was um, I was shooting something in Atlanta actually and it was I, I i did a bunch of auditions before then i i figured out that it was a ghostbusters film probably uh cuz originally i think that the script the lines that we had to learn for the first few auditions were like boy and girl and you didn't know what it was you were just like this is an important film you can't know what it is and you're like oh okay <laughs> um but <laughs> I, I i think i found out what it was was it whenever i did the chemistry reads and I got to read with Logan, and they had a proton pack there. <laughs> That's a big giveaway right there. <laughs> um, now, I want to uh, just also point out that throughout our, our uh, session here, IGN is going to be uh, tweeting out um, uh, first looks from the film, some, uh, some images and, and fun stuff. So as you follow along, uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, I want to move on, though, to the setting of the film. Uh, and it is what makes this one different is I feel like it's the first one that I, I, I think this is the first time we've ever had a Ghostbusters movie that isn't set entirely in New York. Right. So this is can you tell us a little bit uh Jason, about the setting of the movie and why we're, you know, why we're not in New York City, which was such a character of the the first two movies. Uh, you know, this really was, uh, and I should say that the movie is not set at all in New York. Uh, it's it's you know it's set in the middle of the country, and this is something that uh, my writing partner Gil Kennan and I, and Gil's, you know, I just saw Gil's uh, uh, MO. Uh, image pop-ups he's listening to hey gal uh out in london um be careful <laughs> exactly what i say um uh, i'll only attribute anything that i'm nervous about to him the after this image uh, popped in my head as far as you know who these characters were uh, gil and i began brainstorming you know it's not our first script together as a third script and uh in starting to kind of tell the story to each other uh we realized that we wanted to go somewhere new uh, and we wanted this to feel uh, as though we were discovering all this Ghostbusters equipment somewhere new. And I, it's, I have to watch myself. I, I, I'm having to speak a little bit carefully because I just don't want to give anything away. Uh, but uh, the more that we imagined, we knew that we were right, that this uh, film had to get out of the city, that this had to be about uh, a family discovering who they were. And that it made sense to get out of New York and go someplace uh, that didn't look at all like the original film. It didn't look like the city. And even though we were kind of thrilled about embracing the ephemera of the first film and, you know, Ecto-1 and proton packs and traps and everything that we associate with the kind of color palette of uh, the original, we wanted it to feel like, you know, this thing that, you know, any, any person, you know, that goes looking in their, you know, their parents or their grandparents' basement or attic, uh, hoping to find something that reveals some sort of secret about who they are and why they are unique and why they are special. 
this is what I wanted the characters of this film to go through. And uh, I just thought, you know, finding Ecto-1, uh, you know, dilapidated in a barn just sounded uh, fascinating to both Gil and I. Well, you know, in this in this setting, uh, we are introduced to some new characters. And I, I want to say I'm actually kind of starstruck to, to, to be talking to you all today. So I get that out of the way. I'm very, you know, it's a, this is a real thrill. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. And uh, to get to actually hang out and chat with you guys today has been a lot of these just great. So I want to say, though, we do meet some new characters here in this setting, including your character, Celeste, uh, Lucky. So what can you tell us about her and how she meets Finn's character? Yeah. Um, so my character's name is Lucky. She's awesome. Um, she's basically this, she's a girl from a really small town, um, small town in the middle of nowhere. And this town is like definitely her home, but at the same time, she's always wanted to leave. She's always been searching for something more. And I think that she's always known that there is something more for her outside of her hometown. And then she meets the new kid in town at the diner she works at, which is Finn's character. Um, and so through becoming friends and getting involved in his story and what's going on in his life, she finds herself, she finds her courage and her determination. And she also finds that in adventure that she's always been searching for. So that's really cool. Now there's, another familiar character that that comes back for this film and that's the ecto-1 let's face it that car is as much of you know a member of the ghostbusters team as any of the uh, as any of the original characters venkman all of them so ivan and uh jason if you could talk a little bit about bringing that back for this film i know you have to dance around spoilers but Let's face it, it really wouldn't be a Ghostbusters movie without Ecto-1 in there. Yeah, it certainly plays a, a very important role in this film. And, uh, and I, think it's, um, I think it's kind of wonderful that it's discovered in, in such a dilapidated state and, and that, that Finn's character gets a chance to sort of work on it and make it his own. I think there's... Uh, in, in the process, you know, many years have gone by since we first saw it in in the sort of late uh, '80s, and uh, and much time has gone by by before it's discovered in this movie. So it's possible that things have changed on it, and we discover those things as part of the film. Well, that is a very uh, interesting point because Finn. You have a moment with the Acto One. Uh, that's something you know. That's got to be a real kick for you as an actor to just be able to, you know, get behind the wheel. What was that like? Well, um, I mean, pretty. I mean, the coolest. I don't know how else to describe. I mean, it's the coolest. It, it literally. I mean, also from like, you know, it, the Acto One. It, it wasn't like. It's not like we were like filming on a green screen it's like we were driving this car we had stunt drivers driving this car this car had a corvette engine in it um and it was completely souped up and like there was you know so it, and and you know we i think i don't know the details but like i didn't so we had to buy 
because they don't make they obviously don't make those hearses anymore, right? They, or they, no. I guess it would be an ambulance. So they had to buy shells, didn't they? Have to and, and Jason, didn't they have to remake the Ecto One essentially from the ground up? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's an extraordinarily rare car, and there was uh, only a hundred. So the year that Ecto, you know, won, I believe it's nineteen fifty eight. Um, uh, or 59 now I'm, I'm, I'm mistaking it but uh they only made a hundred of those body types uh that year and uh even if you look at the 60 it, it there's slight trim differences and we wanted to get every single detail on this movie right you know i just respect the people who love ghostbusters way too much and i want to try to get every detail uh right for them i was heartbroken when people started noticing uh that the ladder was on the wrong side and they didn't know why it was on the wrong side yet and I, <laughs> in my head and in my heart i was like there's a reason trust me uh, but, um yeah finally finally we can tell the ghostbusters fans see look it's di- it is different there's a reason why <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that's different about it jason is that you know we're seeing this gunner seat so can you talk to us about that added feature yeah absolutely uh i mean look i i've loved uh i love this car my entire life i i just think it's one of the coolest cars in film history i think if you're listing the top five cars in film history ecto one is in there every single time i don't care whose list and uh and we worked with amazing car people to bring it back to life and as finn said we we juiced the hell out of it. I mean, you know, um, I make fun of my dad a little bit for that shot uh, from 84 as it kind of flies out and does a 180 out of uh, out of uh, the firehouse. And they so clearly undercranked it like a Chaplin film to get it going fast. And I knew we wanted that thing to really fly. So when you see this car going and you see, you know, Finn driving or McKenna hanging out the side, uh, you know, yes, we did some green screen for some of the dangerous stuff, but we really got that car going and, and what we thought about when Gil and I were thinking about what to do with this car, we thought, okay, well, what would have Egon had done to Ecto-1 over the course of the year since we last saw him? And, and what would have happened to the proton packs, the traps, the goggles? And, uh, and this was one of kind of the great thrills of writing on this script is you get to kind of do fan fiction, right? You start to think about, you know, how would they have worked on this equipment? And that's where the gunner seat came in. You know, we wanted to put, ghostbusting into motion when i thought about you know uh the three previous films the characters were often you know standing on their feet and and holding a line but there was something static about ghostbusting and if we thought there was something cool we could do it was to make ghostbusting you know bring it up to 75 miles an hour and swing it around corners and coast and catch ghosts on the run now mckenna you got you get to sit in the gunner seat what was that like Gosh, this is nerve wracking because I'm like, gosh, McKenna, don't say anything. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm very, very nervous. But it was very, it was really, really cool. I, it was honestly a dream come true. I've always been obsessed with Ghostbusters. So not only to be to, uh, to get a, a part of this franchise and work with Jason and Ivan and everyone to be actually able to sit in the Ecto-1 in a gunner seat, it was absolutely magical <laughs> <laughs> well i don't want anyone uh, spoiling the movie so i'm going to move on to a different topic uh and jason you touched on this a minute ago but ghost traps can you tell us about uh paul rudd's role in the movie and how he kind of stumbles into this ghostbusters universe uh, well, you know, uh, Paul Rudd is a science teacher and uh, and, you know, science has always been central to 
Ghostbusters, you know, Ghostbusters believe in science. I think that's really important. And, and Phoebe, uh, you know, who McKenna plays, uh, is a scientist herself. And uh, she finds herself in this small town uh, in a summer school class filled with delinquents. And her teacher, Paul Rudd, immediately takes a liking to her because he sees a like-minded human being. Um, and, uh, and he becomes a, a bit of a mentor for her. Now we uh, unfortunately, I don't think we 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 still don't have Carrie, do we? So it sounds it sounds like they're working on it, but yeah, um, I I keep seeing her face up here, saying that she's a listener. So I don't yeah, know I've I've been texting with Carrie, and she's she really wants to be on this, and is and is trying to find a way to get on. I, there's some sort of technological hiccup, um, yeah. but uh, well, yeah. well, let's uh, we, we uh, don't worry uh, if. She, Hopefully we'll uh, we'll get her on as soon as possible here. Uh, Logan uh, is not on either yet, is he? Now, all right. So McKenna, back to you. Uh, you uh, you get to uh, you know basically play with the traps here. So what was it like for you uh, the first time you got to see some of these gadgets like the ghost trap? Um, well, it was mind blowing, uh, just getting to see all of these super cool, like Ghostbusters things, especially having like, I hate saying like grow, I grew up watching the movies cause I'm still, I'm, I'm only like 14. So like growing up, getting to watch Ghostbusters and be obsessed with everything about it, getting to see it in the flesh, getting to see all of these sketches and photos and the actual packs and traps and getting to see them in front of me and touch them and just it's been it's been it's been insane absolutely insane <laughs> <laughs> finn how about you how about what you uh would you think when you started seeing all these kind of iconic gadgets popping up on set? well i think why also i and going back to what jason said um before by the way i'm outside i don't know if you can hear birds chirping it sounds like i'm in like a disney movie um <laughs> i'm in like snow white but um, the thing that Jason said earlier, which is, like, totally true, is that almost he got to write it as, like, not a, I mean, it, it's a really, it's a Ghostbusters movie, but also Jason's a giant fan, obviously. And there is, it comes from a really respectful place when it comes to being a fan, almost like in some, it's like writing fan fiction. And the thing I think that fans will really appreciate, and I definitely appreciate was that, you know, there is CG in this movie, but Jason from the beginning was pretty adamant and told me early on that he would be using a lot of practical effects, um, especially with the props, with, you know, uh, makeup and sets and backgrounds. And that to me was why I think also I was so over the moon. Um, being on set was because it really felt like we were making a like a movie like we were making a movie in the back especially because you know Ghostbusters is such a big thing and a big franchise but like to be honest it didn't it really didn't feel like we were filming a big movie in, in the best way possible it kind of felt like we were added almost to this family reunion um and welcomed and we were just kind of like left to our own devices to make this really fun movie um which you don't get i think that's like incredibly rare um and so every chance i got to see what you know you know what what was being used props wise and everything was um a treat 
Celeste, how about you? We're, uh, I have actually I have a couple of questions about your character, but let's start with, is your character even a believer in the supernatural? And then what can you say about how she reacts to all this gadgetry and then you yourself as an actor being on set and seeing that stuff? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, I, I think Lucky is a little skeptical at first. I think she, there's definitely some skepticism, but I think through becoming friends with Finn's character, um, and just being involved in his life, she really gets pulled into the adventure of it all, which I think is something that she has been looking for for a long time in her own life. Um, but for me, I mean, it was so insanely cool. I had never done a big studio film like this before. The project that I did, like the project I did before was a really small indie movie. And then so going from that to Ghostbusters was crazy seeing all the gadgets the ecto-1 i was like i was like totally overwhelmed coming coming onto set and seeing the studios just being like do i belong here like how <laughs> did i get here <laughs> did somebody make some sort of mistake um but i mean it was so amazing like growing up my dad was a huge fan of of the ghostbusters movies and he showed them to us when we were younger too so i was just like totally in the same boat as finn and mckenna like <laughs> <laughs> i am not a so person but i have to say Getting to be on the set of a Ghostbusters movie or or playing with any of those toys is like, I'm jealous of you all for getting to do that. Um, let's talk a little bit more, though, about these gadgets. Jason, uh, Ecto Goggles, what do they do? What's the deal with them? <laughs> I wish Logan was here to talk about it. I wish uh, Logan no, was on right now so you could be Hey, guys, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, oh there's Carrie. Carrie. Grandma figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so great to have you thank you so oh my god much. and justin's okay we have about 30 seconds left so everybody <laughs> <laughs> that's my boy well um uh we're just in the middle of uh of jason explaining the ecto goggles uh i can we can hold that if we can get logan on i know they're trying so maybe let me backtrack a little bit i know i'm breaking the flow of our our thing here but carrie Tell us about the sort of the dynamic your character has with Paul Rudd's character. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it must have been incredibly fun to, to work together in this one. But tell us a little bit about the dynamic between those characters, if you can. Well, he's a miserable human being, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> uh, so that was dreadful. Um, I really had to work very hard. Um, Hashtag the truth revealed. There we go. He's not very entertaining. <laughs> Um, well, you know, I'm playing a I'm playing a mom who's just trying to make ends meet. I'm playing a mom who's really desperate and looking for resources and trying to keep her family afloat. And let's just say Callie hasn't had a lot of extra time for the other parts of her life. And so um, so when she bumps into someone who shares her cynical sense of humor, um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's nice it's nice to see her get to have a little fun too. <laughs> and <laughs> Paul, a, of course, is a is a lovely, a, a really lovely, sweet guy, and a lot of fun to work with. And um, I wish he was here to give me compliments. Um, <laughs> I, I will say it's it's just an incredible ensemble that you've put together, Jason. And uh, I am very sorry that we're having so many uh, tech difficulties here trying to get Logan on, but 
what can you kind of tell us about the ecto goggles and what they do and all that kind of jazz? Well, you know, first I, I want to uh, uh, really back up what like McKenna and Finn were saying about putting on the equipment for the first time. There is no way to hold your cool when you put on a proton pack. And <laughs> I've now watched a lot of people, you know, some people would come to set and they would try it on and we'd have, you know, the actors, I witnessed them all put on a proton pack for the first time. And there's a, there's a very unique smile that happens when someone puts on uh, the pack uh, and holds the wand. Um, and they just become, I don't care how you're old you are, you just become a kid again. And uh, I knew we had cast the right people, frankly, uh, each time McKenna, Finn, Celeste, Logan put on the pack uh, because their thrill uh, and their passion for it was just, it was so true. Uh, the goggles, you know, uh, the goggles obviously, uh, you know, are used for seeing ghosts and catching ghosts. And the thing that we added to them, uh, which you saw in the trailer, is that uh, they also now take Polaroids. Yeah. <laughs> um, McKenna, what was it like putting on that proton pack? Oh, my lord i cried <laughs> didn't i i probably did I you actually cry. did cry that's the actual truth yeah. i remember that moment and my father was there it was really wonderful of course i did i mean like even if i put on a proton pack now i'd still cry there's not a day that i ever got used to it on set even though we worked for like i don't know two three months i i never got used to it every day getting to see re- all of these amazing things i remember you put it on in the camera test and it was like I think you were just by the end of it. I think we were all very used to it, and also that was the other thing in in the original Ghostbusters. I mean, Ivan didn't those packs weigh like an insane amount? They were um, so yes. heavy. <laughs> they, <laughs> I had they, little strap burns on my arms. <laughs> I remember uh, Bill Murray and uh, Dan Aykroyd coming on the set, really being thrilled and picking up the the packs themselves and saying, "Hey." These are way lighter than ours. <laughs> yeah. Making fun of you guys. <laughs> yeah, I remember McKenna put on the McKenna put on the uh, the pack in the camera tests and just kind of go, you know, losing her balance for a second and going up. It's really <laughs> it was good. Very heavy, and I am a small person, but it was just it was crazy. It, I I I still can't believe it. Whenever I look back at shooting and all of the memories that I made and all the things that I got to do is just was so exciting. I never am ever, ever, ever going to get used to being in a Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any changes to the Proton Pack in terms of like what it, uh, you know, some of the other features on it? Or is it the Proton Pack we love and remember? They're uh, real it, now. They actually, they actually are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where we keep Paul Rudd now. That's right. <laughs> Uh, um, the uh, no the, uh, the the proton pack is the proton pack you love and remember uh, and uh, the uh, the mold uh, that we used to actually build this uh, was built off of the eighty four uh, one of the eighty one of the actual original eighty four packs and uh, you know what we just tried to do was again do the the visual storytelling of what kind of little welds would have happened and wire changes and splits and breaks and cracks and everything that makes it feel as though that these packs have been used over the course of three decades. And one of the thrills of working on this film was working with craftspeople who all grew up 
watching and loving Ghostbusters. So whether it was, you know, uh, our whole team building uh, all the Ghostbusters equipment, you know, our armorer, Ben, uh, Arian, who, you know, was doing all our prosthetics work and designing creatures, like physical creatures, you know, that were being puppeteered on set. Uh, these are all artisans who, you know, A, have less and less opportunity to, you know, uh, do their hard to the, the highest degree because people aren't doing physical objects like this anymore. There's so much CG. And B, grew up loving Ghostbusters and you can see their joy in the finished work. You could see uh, their joy in the way that they thought about, okay, you know, uh, what would have happened to this pack over the course of years? What were, you know, what are these scratches from? Uh, they're thinking about the battles that the Ghostbusters would have had. Now, I'm going to ask everyone this question because I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, have any of you ever had run-ins with ghosts in real life? Do you, do you, do you even believe in that stuff? I'll say, uh, because <laughs> I, I've worked with Dan the longest. Um, you know, Danny uh, Aykroyd really believes in it. His father believed in it, wrote a book about it. And, you know, he would, he would tell me stories because I was skeptical as many people are, and I guess most people, but um, he had a, he had a belief in the truth and it was really the basis for the concept right from the beginning. And uh, it sort of made us, it, it, it made us sort of take the whole thing seriously as an opportunity in telling a story that was unusual. And, um, and I, and I, I mean, I still have those conversations with that. So who's the Dan Aykroyd then of, of this cast in terms of being the true believer in the supernatural? <laughs> uh, the true believer of this movie is sadly the only one we, we don't have on yet. Uh, and that's, uh, Logan. that's Logan. Logan's Logan. character is the absolute Logan. believer. Um, uh, he is 100% ready to believe. Logan is like a legend now in this thing. He's like, you know, he, he's well, hopefully, sort of hopefully Logan joins, but he, I mean, he kind of is like, I, I think without giving anything away, like I think everyone that is listening will know who this kid is because if, you know, from now on, I think he's, he's so insanely talented and he's a kid from Texas and he had done like one acting class and he did a FedEx, a FedEx commercial. He had done a and FedEx then Ghostbusters. commercial. He did a FedEx commercial and then did a did a tape and then got and he is he is the kind of heart of the movie and kind of just walked on set. So you know, and he he also the other thing is what's crazy about him also is that he walked on set like he was like a seventy year old like character actor like kind of at the point of his career where he's kind of he's, he's kind of like over it like in that way like yeah whatever kind of just like shrugging his shoulders i'm gonna be like who is this kid like who is this kid who walks on set and like i mean everyone's gonna know know him now but, like uh, like honestly finn the most confident actor on set like i would give a note and he would look at me like yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Carrie, are you a, a a true believer in the supernatural? I've had my I've had my share of you know minor run-ins. We used to hear boot steps in the barn. I grew up on a really in a really old farmhouse uh, that was in my family for generations, kind of you know uh, <laughs> inhabited, I would say, by by the past. And so, so you know, you we really would have like an character. attic door that would swing open. We would hear we would hear odd things here and there. 
Um, and I, I feel like I think it's a wise position to say we don't know what we don't know. Um, I'm, a, I'm skeptical by nature. I do like evidence. I believe in science. But I think there's a lot of stuff we don't understand. Um, I'm going to, let's see, we, we, we're still trying to get Logan to join. God, this is such a bummer. I really want to talk to him, especially now that you've basically pitched him as like the, yeah. uh, the, the character actor of character actors. I'm going to try calling kid. Logan. I'm going to see if maybe <laughs> if I call him and he picks up, hold on. Are you on? Uh, I'm going to FaceTime him. Believe the hype. <laughs> on yeah. the, on yeah. the, are you going to FaceTime him on your computer? No, I'm just I'm FaceTiming him from from my phone. I'm on my mom's phone right now. For this. Oh yeah, do it, do it. Then we can <laughs> then we can hear him. He sent me he sent me to voicemail. This, <laughs> oh, no. no, no, it rung for a second. And this kid, it said he sent me to voicemail. You know what? I am. You know what? Now it's now it's his. He's email. probably talking to his manager. <laughs> yeah, he's he's firing someone for sure right now. Uh, <laughs> I think it's important that Logan never do an interview. I think he has to become the Daniel Day of this film. Yeah, he's like, around. He's him. gonna be the urban legend. Everybody yeah. in every interview, they're just gonna want well, to like talk about. What's Logan how, like? like? Bill, it's like how Bill Murray has that. Like he doesn't really like. You just call eight hundred lines. Like, yeah. It's like that already, but with Logan. Last I heard, Logan moved to Italy and became a cobbler. Uh, I think we have to convince <laughs> yeah. him to come I, back I, to I, acting. I heard he was. I heard he was doing a lot of carpentry work in Northern California. But... <laughs> I mean, he just became a legend already. I mean, that had to be one hell of a FedEx. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. You know, one of the thrills of doing this film was, you know, on, on one side working with. Uh, established actors who I was an enormous fan of and you know look Paul and Carrie are just brilliant actors the kind of actors that every director dreams of working with and then uh, and on the other side of it young actors both like McKenna and Finn who had actually done a lot already despite how young they are Um, but then you know Celeste who is an independent film actress you know who really comes more from the kind of films that I've been making for the last decade and and then Logan who you know it was just like one of those moments where you see an audition you go who is this kid and he did a self-tape in his home and the moment it starts it's like an animated character came to life and he had all these different voices and he was just an amazing physical actor he knew he kind of understood already the lens as well and the way that he kind of popped in and out of frame and then the moment we met him we started meeting all these other characters he did his russian accent was kind of infamous on set uh he was was extraordinary wait y'all y'all i have a surprise oh Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Your voice has completely changed. That's what I said. Okay, wait. Here, here, Logan. Do you want to say something? Go, go ahead. Here. Um, how are all of you today? (laughs) We're we're celebrating you. You're like a legend already, dude. Like I heard about the FedEx commercial. I heard about you knowing lenses. Everything. Um, how does it feel to be a living legend already at your young age? Oh, well, I don't know about that, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, to be a part of Ghostbusters, I mean, it's a huge honor. I, I don't know how I even got to this point in life, but here we are. Look at that. Not only is he a legend in that regard, he's also a, a, a pitch-perfect salesman. Look at that. <laughs> well, uh, let don't, me... Let, do not be fooled. He's a con artist. <laughs> <laughs> um Look, I, I have to. I have to ask you then about your your character, Logan. You uh, you 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 know, you see with the ecto goggles. Um, what can you 
tell us about, uh, you know, what they do and kind of why, you know, what you're going to do with them and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the ectogoggles are like for locating and like identifying types of ghosts and their classes. And, um, you know, in Afterlife, there's the new feature where I can actually take pictures with them. And um, I have to say that's probably my favorite feature about them. Um, just to press that button and just go, it just felt so cool. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you one thing about them. I, I can barely see out of them on set. I remember there was like, it was like tunnel vision. I had like two little slots I could see out of. And one time I was like turning my head too fast and I accidentally whacked McKenna in the face with them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, McKenna, but uh, you know that that happens. So I had to learn get the learning curve with them. Yeah. Remember whenever you fell on set? That one time you slipped and you fell so hard. What are you talking about, McKenna? There was a point that you slipped and you, you fell so hard on set and you <laughs> fell off your head and just like went across the floor. I think they've fallen like more than. 10 I do times. remember. I do <laughs> so remember a lot of. I do re- remember a lot of ecto goggles falling to like falling oh off your head. Oh. Well, remember it was we were tra- world. we were always trying to get them to balance on your forehead the way that Ackroyd has them up on his forehead, but to get them into that position was way harder than we thought it would be. Right, I had to like always kind of look up i couldn't really like tilt down too much or look back too much or they would just say i remember jason was jason one time was giving logan um he was like he was giving logan notes to to like look in a certain direction and then and i remember uh jason finished his note and then logan looked directly at him like and just took a moment and just went jason i can't see (laughs) (laughs) hey guys can haskell say hi Haskell's the Jason Reitman of our Ghostbusters. He's the little boy who grew up on the set. So I imagine in you know thirty years he'll be directing one of the sequels. We all can't wait. (laughs) Um, What a thrill! Now uh, you know the the uh, the Ecto is back. The Proton Pack is back. Um, We obviously have uh, you know another landmark kind of Ghostbusters staple is back as well and that's the stay parf uh, stay puff marshmallow man um now what <laughs> we do what are the the well, hold on hold on hold on we don't have the stay puff marshmallow man is not back uh we have new characters we have the mini right the mini puffs i was that was my next line was to ask you about these mini puffs what what uh what can you say about them? That was the first clip that we saw, and right. we saw Ivan and, and Bill watching that clip earlier today. Um, what uh, what can you tell us about these mini puffs? Well, I can tell you that they want to watch the world burn, and they really enjoy it. <laughs> now, uh, the mini puffs are also going to be a, a toy from Hasbro. Uh, it's uh, basically the Ghostbusters Plasma Series mini puffs three-pack. And so it, it's like three articulated figures with three alternative heads that you can build your own marshmallow army. Yes, uh. you can build a marshmallow army. Who didn't want it? Who, who knew? Who knew you could do that? And then uh, these figures are basically movie figure scale. So they're about three and a half inches tall, the same size as the, the paranormal uh, marshmallow mini puffs that we see in the movie. And then uh, you can also pre-order them today ghostbusters day at hasbro 
HasbroPulse.com and most major retailers nationwide at a future date. So if you want to get your hands on some actual mini puffs and build yourself a marshmallow army, uh, which it sounds like something, I don't know, Logan, it sounds like something you're such a, you're, you're such a legend. Now you seem like the kind of guy that should have a marshmallow army following him, but you can order them now at HasbroPulse.com. So, um, I want to uh, also just segue us into a little bit of fun here now. Not that we haven't been having fun. It's been a blast. But now it's going to get a little uh, it's going to get a little competitive. We're going to do a little trivia. And basically the first one is going to be basically finishing a famous Ghostbusters quote. And what we're going to do is we're going to have the um, the younger uh, members of the cast uh, basically test, uh, let's just say, us over 30-somethings. Um, Logan, I'm not sure. Do you have, uh, you, you should have, everyone should have some quotes that were uh, sent to them. Do you have those available, Logan? Yes, sir. So do I, I think. Yay. Okay, everything's working. Fantastic. <laughs> Logan, I, uh, why, don't you te- why don't you test me first? Go ahead and throw me yep. a Ghostbusters quote. <clears throat> we came, we saw, we blank. Kicked its ass. Woo! And that's by Peter Venkman, yeah, Bill Murray's yeah. character. Um, McKenna, let's have you test uh, Carrie. Wait, hold on. I can't get my email pulled up. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Wait, Logan, you go, you go. (laughs) You want me to say your thing? Yeah. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Why does everything (laughs) over freaking this Zoom stuff have to be so complicated? (laughs) Because McKenna, uh, technology hates us. It really does today. Um. Logan, do you want to go ahead? We can swap out uh, one of your later ones uh, to McKenna to make up for it. Logan, or uh, do you want to test Carrie here? Okay, Miss Carrie. Ready? Yes. There is no Dana. There is only... That was really easy. That's Dana Barry. That was so easy, man. Then how about we have you uh, go ahead and... Uh, test Ivan. Uh, okay, Ivan. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say blank. You say yes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I think anybody can do these. <laughs> wow, we'll find. We'll it's gonna find get, some... I think it's gonna get a little more. Tr- I think it's gonna get a little more tricky when we go to t- when we go to Ghostbusters two. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Celeste. I think you have one for Jason. Oh, God. Here Hello, we go. Jason. I have a really, really hard one for you. Okay, hit me. All right. Don't cross the... <laughs> I believe it's don't cross the streams. Highway? Don't cross the freeway? Well, now it's going to get a little more difficult because while we can all quote Ghostbusters endlessly... Sometimes, you know, maybe you forget which character exactly may have said a certain quote. So now we're going to play Name the Quote. Um, And Logan, uh, I think you've got one for me. 
Let's see if I can. Basically, you got to name the character. Well, says, um, McKenna did not get that last one. Hey, hey, want her to say this. I one. no, don't worry. I've got, I've got it now. Trust me, y'all. Hey, hey, I'm so it. good at hey, this. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportions. Venkman, Peter Venkman, <laughs> sir. <laughs> McKenna, I think you're up now. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. do. Okay. I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. That's Dr. Ray. Dr. Raymond Stance. I know that because Haskell has a little golden book of the Ghostbusters, and that's one of the quotes in it. Oh. <laughs> Finn, you're up, and you're going to be testing Ivan. Uh, this job is definitely not worth the 11500 a year. That was definitely Winston Zedmore. In the yes. <laughs> a classic. Celeste. We're, you're 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 going to test Jason now. Let's let's put the director to the test here. Can he <laughs> okay, name which character one. said this? <laughs> All right. Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trans mediums, the Loch Ness monster, and the theory of Atlantis? <laughs> uh, I believe that was Janine, played by the great Annie Potts, who, if I'm not mistaken, is actually listening to us. I see, uh, I see her icon. So, Annie. Hi, Annie. Yes. Hi, <laughs> hi Annie. Hi, Annie. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, it's actually pretty intimidating to scroll down and you see all the people who are listening. It's like, uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have scrolled down. <laughs> it is. It is really funny. Well, seeing, like, yeah, seeing Gil there and just being like, "Hey, Gil." Um, loved Monster House. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, you, I believe Finn, it was you who said that it's going to get a little trickier when we get to Ghostbusters two quotes. So now we're moving on to Ghostbusters two quotes. Um, Logan, I think you have one for me. <clears throat> Here we go. I hate Jello. <laughs> All right, that's that's. That's, that's a, tough a tougher one because that's yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say that sounds like something Winston would say. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> McKenna, you're up again with Carrie. Okay. This is not directed towards you, Miss Carrie. By the way, I think that you're <laughs> Thank a you, my dear. wonderful lady. But you, you worthless piece of slime, you ignorant, disgusting blob. <gasps> I think you gave me another Doctor Raymond stance. Oh, <laughs> remember, guys, I what was born. I was already like? born. I watched these movies when I was a child. <laughs> Finn, you are uh, you are once again going to test right. the knowledge of Ivan Reitman. Oh. Imagine, imagine if Ivan was like, oh, I actually don't know this one. <laughs> um, suck in the guts. Oh, I actually think this is the most underrated underrated Ghostbusters line in any of the movies, which is suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's, that's certainly, you know, that's certainly Bill Murray. And I think <laughs> Bill instead of Peter Venkman, because Bill actually said it uh, on the set as we were preparing this stuff and wearing that stuff and he would it it was you know, he wanted to look good and he wanted everybody to look good so he was directing a little bit well i i gotta tell you i always think of that line whenever i'm getting dressed up for an event i'm like <laughs> dude you can't you gotta you gotta you gotta suck in the guts guys um let's see we have i think we have another one here celeste to jason yes. 
Let's my last do- one to you, Jason. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. It's let's see what happens when we take away the puppy. <laughs> my favorite line in the film. <laughs> that is uh, 100% Egon Spengler and, uh, and fun Easter egg. Uh, they're going to take the puppy away from my sister. <laughs> yeah, that was Catherine Reitman playing the role of the young girl in there. Classic. Oh, my oh God. yeah. No, no, brown, no brownstone uh, stone boy number two, but it'll do. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> where is my quote? The most important quote in Ghostbusters history. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. Say it. Oh, God. Uh, my dad says you guys are full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Don't make me say you guys are full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say, it's been... It has been absolutely wonderful uh, having all of you here together for this. I'm really sorry about the the little technical snafus there, but I really appreciate everyone doing this today. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife opens only in theaters on November 11th. I want to thank Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman, Carrie Coon, and uh, Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, Celeste O'Connor and the legendary, <laughs> um, uh, uh, the truly a Renaissance man, Logan Kim. So thank man you of all the for hour. doing this today, and I thank you all thank to you very much. all of our listeners. And uh, again, Ghostbusters Afterlife only in theaters November 11th. Later, later guys. Yay. Bye, guys. It was Yay. nice to hear you. Yeah. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.